Welcome to Statscast. It's Monday, the 22nd of March <clears throat> at 6.27am. And Rudy and I are up and we're out <clears throat> already. So thanks for uh, joining us on this early morning. We're out early because, well, uh, two reasons. Firstly, you know, it's round about that vernal equinox time when you get equal amounts of day and night. In other words, if the sun comes up at 7 o'clock in the morning, it'll be down at 7 o'clock at night. <clears throat> Which is one of the reasons we're up, because we wanted to see the sunrise, didn't we, Runes? And uh, the second reason is we haven't seen much in the way of wildlife on the last few walks. So getting up early and out early, just in case we can see something different. Hope springs eternal. Anyway, thank you for joining us. Off we go. Well, the first observation I would like to make is last time I podcasted was uh, Saturday. And uh, I was telling you that Saturday has its own feel, weekend feel, and today's Monday. So what's the difference? Well, the difference is the background noise, or the air is filled with the background noise of traffic. Yeah, because we're, we're not so deep in the countryside that we're away from the urban roar. And uh, you probably can't hear it on the mic, but I can hear it. It's the I-95, the Interstate 95, is roaring in the distance. So, a lot of traffic, a lot of people driving into work rather than taking the train, I guess, in the hope of avoiding COVID. Not being in anybody else's space. And a lot of freight moves along the roads. Uh, Some geese. Kind of honking away. The tide is pretty, pretty much full, or high, I should say. And uh, so the the, the marshes are uh, soaked in water. <laughs> the geese are making a tremendous racket as well. And somewhere, probably too far away from the mic. I can hear, you know, concentration of songbirds. But uh, you can't really hear it from here. So it's, it's chilly. You know, it's, uh, it's probably you know, not about freezing. But it's kind of a fresh, you know, refreshing cold. No wind, so, you know, I'm not getting pounded by by frozen temperatures but it'll soon warm up the sky is clear just just moving from inky dark skies to you know an edge of gold which is beginning to turn that dark blue into light blue I do like this time of morning I mean it's 
Not, not often enough that we get out here this time, Runes. Wait, where's he gone? Rooney? Rooney? Rooney, what are you doing? Uh, come on. Rooney. <whistles> Hanging around a dustbin. I'm guessing that somebody's left something tasty around there. Well, I'm moving on, Runes. You can catch me up. So we we only got out for one quick walk yesterday. Sorry to say for poor old Rooney. It's kind of like a busyish day and but we did get out for a walk. We went on the coyote trail yesterday and what I noticed, even though it was Ah oh, here it is. <laughs> He'd been doing. <laughs> even though it was later on in the day, it was probably <clears throat> about six-ish. There was a team of th three guys. Uh, working the uh, soccer pitch to my left so they were putting the white lines down and uh, that's a sure sign that the COVID restrictions are being lifted in Connecticut they're going to start to allow uh, you know sports again it's been a long time and uh, I think you know Connecticut's basically decided that it's going back to normal pretty much so uh, we've been quite successful in rolling out a lot of vaccinations so and, and I think the the counts are down statistically they feel like they're uh, doing well enough to let people go back to normal <clears throat> not the case in Europe I know not at all I think France is uh, going back into a third lockdown. Oh, poor people. But, uh, well, it, it's a different world in America. You know, you're basically... What happened there? Something just hit me on the leg. Um, you're basically uh, in 50 different countries, really, because the states are regulating themselves. It's not being mandated federally. <clears throat> so... Connecticut feels good about its numbers. So I, I don't know quite what that means in every case, but uh, certainly we'll see more kids playing sports and probably more kids going back to the classroom. Now you can hear them, can't we? Oh, you can hear the, the morning songbirds. Squeak, squeak of a robin. They sound like a like a sort of like a dog's chewy toy, don't they? And then, and then over there, I can't see any of them, but I can hear them yodeling over there. I don't know what that is. There's a new one. I'll have to find out what, what, who that is. I think it's similar to the song of a cardinal but I don't think it is a cardinal they don't really yodel like that maybe I'll see another one he's in a tree it's just too far away for me, for me to be able to see him this is a good time to be up if you want to hear some songbirds 
It sounds similar. It's a bit nearer to me, maybe I'll catch sight of him. Come on, show yourself. Oh, see these two talking to each other. Where are you? You in there? You're well concealed, I don't see you. I wish I could, and I could get an idea of what you look like. <clears throat> ah. Uh, whoever he was just flew out of that tree. I, I couldn't see it. All I saw was, you know, a kind of uh, a bird in flight, but too, too concealed by the branches of the trees for me to see much of him. Oh well, we'll keep trying identify that particular song. Now I know what it sounds like. Uh, I'll soon put the, the song and the bird together. But I haven't uh, yet, obviously. So, all is still, all is peaceful. No other dog walkers or anybody around. I'm surprised this time in the morning. Only fools like us about this time in the morning, really. funny how I, they, they must have different getting up times because the bird that really is quite dominant at the moment, as I've mentioned many times, is this red-winged blackbird. I don't hear him at all. <laughs> There's some geese standing like statues in the middle of an island in the middle of the uh, creek. Not really awake, are they? Ah, uh, that's my old friend, the uh, cardinal. Oh. Here comes a noisy goose. You're going to obscure the beautiful song with these two geese. I've been saying before, it's funny how the geese have kind of peeled off into pairs. Must be for mating. There they go. You can hardly miss them. Uh, yeah, they've peeled off into pairs. Whereas up until now, you've seen them in, in larger groups. But uh, now you see them flying around in pairs. So I'm guessing that's uh, because it's mating season. Sound like I'm an authority on that. I don't know it's mating season, but pretty good guess. I'll look it up. Rinny's disappeared from view. Oh, there he is. Never too far away, are you, Rinny's? Yeah, just enjoying the sounds all around us. <laughs> that one sounds like somebody laughing. Yeah. Well, you're in a good mood for this early in the morning. Hard to see them because the sun's not high, so they're not up enough. So oh, it's not even up yet. I think it comes up at seven. But the glow of the sun is there. The old powerful mighty sun. About to burst onto the horizon runes. I'm timing this walk. There's no coincidence we're out right now, runes. I'm timing this so that we 
hit the beach around about the time that the... Well, actually, I think we'll be there in 20 minutes. <clears throat> we'll try. We'll hit the beach around about the time that the sun, you know, just edges up onto the horizon. There's a nice clear day. We should see it. If we're on the beach. If not, well, we'll just enjoy it from wherever we are. Uh, now, the, so the, the roar of the 95 is still there, but it's kind of being mixed with the, the honk of geese all over the place. <laughs> and then, then, then the nearer sounds of songbirds. Charming. That's what they are. I often think they sound like kids playing in the playground. <laughs> he does sound like he's laughing, doesn't he? <laughs> if I was good at this, I'd be able to identify him immediately. Oh! <laughs> he landed on my head. <laughs> That's uh, Robin. Can I just cut Robin? Yeah, you sound like a squeaky toy. I know you. Oh, have you got two calls? Ah, it is you. You've got two calls. <laughs> I can see you. Looking right at me now. It's a robin. Is it? Yeah, it is. <laughs> wow, well, what's so funny? You laughing at us? <laughs> yeah, very cute. What do you think, Runes? Well, there's another little robin actually on the path in front of me. So I didn't know they had those two calls. I knew about the squeaky kind of toy sound, but not the laughing sound. <laughs> now we know. Best way to learn is to see and do. Hard to learn it all from a book. Even a book as good as Stan Tequila's Birds of Connecticut directory. Of course, these days, you know, the internet is is you know two dimensional or three dimensional. Not only can you see, but you know you can Google you know, the sound of a Connecticut robin, and you know you'll. Pretty sure you'll end up with the right video of a uh, of a robin. Oh gosh, really beautiful scene. I wish you could see it. The uh, the creek is really full. It's like a bath, almost about to overflow, and uh, it's reflecting the kind of the hello. That's the the cardinal. Hello, you can see him as well. Good morning. Good morning. It's a female. Hello. Not quite as red as the males. But you're about as red as the uh, skyline right now. Beautiful. Glowing red. Just, just a few wispy clouds on the horizon. And it's like a mirror. It's like you've got two horizons because you've got the, the horizon, then you've got the reflected horizon in the water. 
stunning. So, so why so busy yesterday? Well, it was a busy weekend socially. Um, sort of step back through it from, you know, the most recent to the least recent. <clears throat> Last night, um, I had Sunday evening on my own. Because <laughs> Christina decided she was too tired to do anything more. Poor thing. She's exhausted. So she actually went for a little siesta around about three o'clock and never got up again. Like, you know, I wasn't really ready to finish the day at three o'clock. <clears throat> Plus, Rooney hadn't had his walk. And we, well, we thought, oh, I thought, I must have misread it, but I thought that Janice and Philip were going to stop in on their way back from Sugarbush, their uh, little mini ski break. I, I, I thought that Janice had said we were going to drop in on our way past. So, now having had a fairly light lunch um, and, and not much to eat, I did not want to have too many drinks with Janice and Phil without some food. So I thought, well, I'll make something because they're probably hungry. It's like a four or five hour journey from Sugarbush. So I'll, I'll make some food. That'd probably be, you know, welcomed by them because they'll probably be hungry and Janice probably won't want to cook when she gets back after four or five hours in the car. So I uh, didn't have any food, so I got on my bicycle. You see, yes, I mentioned that, have I? Bicycle season now. I can, I can uh, Rooney doesn't like it when I go out on the bike because he's not involved, but uh, sorry, Rooney. But yeah, now my car's gone, I don't have a car. And uh, it's better to go around on a bicycle if you can anyway, and the shop's not too far away. So I got my bicycle, went off to the pantry, which is a rather expensive, but <laughs> nice little sort of mini, mini store. Really. I mean, not one quite a supermarket, but somewhere in between a corner shop and a supermarket. You've got words for this in England, like, what do you call them? Sainsbury's Express or something. Anyway, went off and I just got some chicken breasts and, and a box of chocolate biscuits. It's a strange mix, but discovered on the way back that my rear tyre gone flat. But I decided to cycle on on a flat tyre. That's bumpy. <laughs> but anyway, but then I, I thought, well, what should I do with this chicken breast? I know. I got my Kem Hom cookbook out, looked up some of his chicken recipes that I haven't made yet. Thought, ah, here's one. It's chicken with walnuts. Anyway, so I, I made that, or I prepared that. Um, finished it, because I wanted it to be hot when they arrived. And just uh, sent them a text to say, you know, I've made a snack uh, when you drop by. <laughs> Janice texted me back, what, were you, were you expecting us? I said, well, I thought you, thought you said you were popping in on your way past. <laughs> she said, ah, sorry, we've just arrived home. I'm not feeling too good. Oh, right, okay, understood. So I thought, oh, well, no, not, no matter. In a way, you know, that's probably good because we've had a lot of socialising this weekend. But I thought, well, now I've got all this chicken and walnuts. <laughs> I'm going to eat it at least. So I went up to see Christina. 
you know, sort of in and out of sleep. I said, do you, do you want any dinner? <laughs> Obviously not. <clears throat> so, I thought, well, Rooney hasn't had his walk yet, so we took Rooney out for his, uh, the coyote walk. It's only like a 40 minute walk, but it's better than nothing, isn't it, Runes? He was ready to go. And then I decided, well, I'm gonna watch something on TV, you know, having a solitary Sunday night. So I picked off uh, Prime Video. I was, I was actually trying to find Poirot, but you've got to pay extra for that, so I didn't want to do that. So I found uh, the Dead Poets Society with Robin Williams. <laughs> it's the sort of thing that you can only, I can only watch that on my own because I think Christina and Maya would think it's far too boring. But it's, it's, it's good if you like that sort of thing, which I do. Um, oh, he's going down the stairs. He's, he's telling me which way we're going today. All right, Ruth. All right. Oh, good boy. He's waiting for me as well, doesn't he, usually? I think it's only because he's something interesting to sniff. Yeah, so I finished off the uh, walnut chicken got everything on the coffee table in front of TV and watched the Dead Poets Society. I <laughs> really enjoyed it. Although I have to admit that I did fall asleep you know, about three quarters of the way through it. So I'm going to watch the rest of it tonight, probably. And uh, packed up and off to bed. So that was Sunday night. <laughs> it was pleasant, actually. You know, no pressure. And then Sunday lunchtime, well... Sunday lunchtime is almost a continuation of Saturday night because um, Lawrence and Suzanne had left their car at our house because they'd been to our house for dinner on Saturday night. And, uh, you know, in this sort of balance of life to equal out the, you know, the excess of Saturday night, they decided to run from their house to our house <laughs> to collect their car. <laughs> so... I'd actually been out on a on a, a good hour and a half bike ride myself in the morning, which is why poor old Rooney hadn't had his morning walk. Ah, uh, no, these are the these are the red-winged blackbirds and the grackles. This is blackbird territory around here. I'm on the old damn road. Yeah, not not quite so pretty your songs, I'm afraid, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Grackles. You sound like a coven of old witches. <laughs> Grackles. They're black. I've described them before, but just in case you need a rem reminder. They're black with iridescent blue-green necks. Oh my gosh, they're all over the place. Another tree for them. Yeah, cackle, cackle, cackle. Goodness me, what a lot of noise. Hey, Runt. Now, I'm actually coming up. This is unusual. Walking along the old dam road and uh, somebody's still got his Christmas tree lights up. It's the 
22nd of March. Oh well. I, you know, keep it going if you can. Yeah, so uh, so they they ran over to our house and uh, we had a fairly sort of early-ish lunch, but it wasn't big. I had uh, some squid left over from a uh, uncooked, but just, uh, from a paella recipe I'd made earlier in the week. So I thought, well, I just you know pan fry some squid with some balsamic vinegar and a bit of salad. So we had that for lunch, which was good. And then they arrived as we just finished our lunch. <laughs> and quite rightly, you know, they came and joined us in a, in a sort of glass of wine and some cheese. So that, that's really what polished Christina off. <laughs> because this poor thing, she, she, you know, we'd had a, a fairly biggish Friday night. And then, uh, of course, she'd had to get up early to teach two spin classes um, on Sunday morning. So she, you know, hadn't really had a chance to recover. And then, you know, sitting down with, with Susanna Lawrence again for, for a few drinks, just, just, you know, exhausted her completely. Rune's going to take your leash off here. Oh, there you go. Oh, OK. Into the marshes again. Bear with me a second. So, uh, yeah, poor Augustina had, uh, hadn't really, you know, had time to rest. She's, you know, amazing. If you think about it, she's got a, a broken collarbone. And still, after, you know, a night's entertaining, she goes out and does two classes on Sunday morning, fitness classes. You know, she's, she's incredible. But anyway, she, she wanted to rest, so that was good. Hopefully she'll be fully rested this morning. Um, yeah, so then stepping back, I'm <laughs> going backwards in time. Um, so Friday night, uh, we had Sue and Matthew Bullover, um, Lawrence and Suzanne Pincus, and to my great delight, Harry Stuttard and his girlfriend Ty. Well, Harry and Ty, they just happened to call me in the middle of dinner. And uh, they had a question. I forget what the question was. Uh, I don't know. I really can't remember. Anyway, they had some random question. They, and Harry said, Dad will know. So they called me up and uh, asked me that question. And then I said, well, what are you doing at the moment? And they said, well, we just got a pizza. I said, well, you're in the car, you're nearby. He said, yeah. I said, well, come over, eat it here. <laughs> he said, all right. So they did. Uh, that just made the evening complete for me. It was a great evening in all respects, but uh, it was even better having Harry and Ty come over. So, uh, oh, yes. Getting into the songbird territory again. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm going over a very rickety wooden bridge every time I walk over it, I think. Is this the time that it might collapse? But so far, so good. Hey, Runes. Um, so I cooked a... Uh, <laughs> I, this becoming more of a cooking uh, podcast than a bird and wildlife podcast. <laughs> so what? Yeah, so I cooked boeuf bourguignon at the request of my wife. She wanted that. And I, in fact, when I was podcasting last time, I said, oh, yeah, that's good, because if she wants that, it's an easy one to cook. Well, wrong. It's not that easy to cook. I was thinking of Hungarian goulash when I said that. No, both bourguignon's got a few more ingredients in it. And, uh, you know, you, you add them at different times. So you've got to, you know, and it cooks for three hours. So, you know, you're on the go for three hours just cooking it. And then it's got good ingredients. I mean, it's got those little button onions, which are delicious when added to a you know, casserole like that. But of course, a button mushroom, I mean, a button onion, it's small and they've all got to be individually peeled. And there's about 20 of them in the, in the, in the dish. So that took ages. And then it's got dark gilled mushrooms. Uh, what else is in there? God, I can't even remember. Obviously the beef. So you've got to sear the beef first, take it out, and then put the onions in, soften those. And uh, then, you, then you've got to put some flour in, soak up all the juices. Then you add the red wine. And uh, then you add the... Uh, um, the other... The, the mushrooms. Actually, the mushrooms you add in the final hour... But anyways, the details are not interesting, but uh, the end result was good. Really, actually really good. I mean, it worked out pretty well. I'm always, you know, keen to see if, if it, it gets eaten. And of course, with it being beef, you know, a fairly, you know, standard appeal all round. I had to do beef because Lawrence only eats beef or chicken. <laughs> That's all right. Um, but there was none left, not a spoonful left in the pot at uh, the end of the main course, which I'm always happy when that happens. <laughs> I made some potatoes boulangere as well. Sounds awfully fancy, doesn't it? Well, well, the bulls have bought a house in France, so I was trying to do a bit of a French theme. Potatoes boulangere. Boeuf bourguignon, uh, and then for dessert, a tart tatin, which is uh, I made it myself, which is basically an apple and pear pie or tart. You make it upside down, if that makes any sense. You uh, you put the a layer of brown sugar in the bottom of the pan, <clears throat> then you put slice very finely apples and pears or whatever fruit you want but I used apples and pears and then you put the pastry on top of all that you cook it for like 40 minutes at pretty high heat and then uh, well I say pretty high heat what you need to know first it's 400 degrees let's say and then now in a pan I've cooked it in a griddle not one of those kind of bit uh 
cake cans where you can remove the base because the, um, the sugar turns to liquid and caramelizes and then leaks out of the bottom. Even if you put um, you know, greaseproof paper, it'll leak. I discovered the hard way. <laughs> we had a, <laughs> the first few times I made these things, you know, we had ki kitchen filled with smoke as the sugar dripped onto the bottom of the oven and then turned into smoke. <laughs> you have to have the front door and the back door open to get rid of the smell. So yeah, put it in a sort of like a good solid cast iron skillet if you can. And then um, you let it cool. You take it out after sort of 40 minutes or so. Well, you can see when it's ready because the, you know, the pastry goes nice and golden brown. And then once it's cooled, you flip it over, which is why I say it's upside down. The mistake I made yet on Saturday was I forgot to put the greaseproof paper in the bottom of the pan. It's a lot easier if you put greaseproof paper in first. That way, when you flip it over, it just falls out. If you don't, it, there's a chance that it'll stick to the bottom of the pan, which it did a bit. But anyway, it didn't matter too much. It just it meant that aesthetically, <laughs> the pretty little design I made was not, you know, a success. But the flavour's still good. And uh, actually, I, I, was, I was really pleased that Suzanne and Sue both had a second helping. They were enthusiastic, so again, that kind of worked. And served it with mascarpone. I would have liked to have served it with creme fraiche, but uh, they didn't have any in the supermarket. So mascarpone is a good, good second choice. Oh, rooms! I haven't put your uh, leash on. We're walking down a, a road now. Actually, rooms. We're going to have to put this on. I know there's nobody around, but just in case. Yeah. Oh, good boy. Now. I think, sun, I think we might just time this right. The sun looks like it's just coming out. If we can get around the corner in the next two, three minutes, Ruth, put my arm out of the socket there. Ooh, school bus. I don't see many of those. That's a sign that the classrooms are back. Oh gosh, I'm really hungry. Let's talk about food. Well, that's one good thing about going for an early morning walk. Rooms when we get back, we'll have some breakfast. Um, so that was our dinner. And uh, it was really good. I mean, I'm not talking about the food was really good. The, uh, the, you know, the evening was really successful. There goes this, the school bus. Big yellow bus. Nobody in it. I don't think many kids use the school bus around here. But they could. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, yeah, and I, I guess the highlights of the evening were the wine. Matt Ball loves his reds. In fact, so much so that he brings his own. Uh, well, everybody brings a bottle of wine to a dinner party, but you know he 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 brings like two or three bottles so that we can all try his rather expensive wines. <laughs> Hello, Hi, Mitch. <laughs> it's John, your old neighbour. <laughs> yeah, it is Mitch. 
a guy that I used to live next to and we lived in Westport he moved to Fairfield oh I don't know six seven years ago but yeah I don't think he, don't think he knew who the heck I was <laughs> anyway he's on his early morning bicycle route don't disturb I'll probably see him again yeah so um, Matt brings these wines and he's, he, you know, he puts quite a lot of money into them. So, you know, you've got to pay attention when you're testing these wines. Hi, Mitch. I'm good, thank you. How are you? Good to see you. Yeah, I thought it was you. You're still, you been here? still doing the bicycling. Been here a year. You like it? Love it. Yeah. Great. Yeah, it's beautiful. Great. You want, what? Again. Yeah, you too. Stay healthy. <laughs> um. All right, right. Whew, took me by surprise there. He came up behind me. <laughs> sure, he didn't know who I was. <laughs> but um, yeah. So Matt brings these expensive bottles of wine, and uh, so that's always fun, you know, you t tasting wines. <laughs> and I always come up with, you know, nonsensical adjectives. <laughs> just, just to. You know, put fun at ourselves for being wine, wine connoisseurs, not. So, uh, you know, I say things like, oh, yes, this, this one's, oh, very prickly. <laughs> you know, people look at me like, prickly? What, what the hell does that mean? Uh, oh, my God. You know, okay, so it's, it's absolutely flat as a pancake on the water and absolutely beautiful. We're here at the right time. The sun's just about to come up. But there is a guy paddling in the water. He must have some kind of a surfboard or something. He nuts. It's freezing. Oh, it takes all sorts. I think he's got a wetsuit on. <coughs> Could be a girl. Don't jump to conclusions, John. Anyway, there's a human being paddling in the water at, now what time is it? Yeah, it's just, just gone 7, 7.05. Oh well, you've got to be an enthusiast to do that. It's still, there's not even any ripples of waves. I'll go right to the water's edge and see if there's anything that we can pick up on the mic. Nope. Nothing. The water's so clean now, you can see right through, it's clear. No pollution whatsoever. Now, being a druid, sun worshipper, we're going to stand up here, runes, and we're going to watch that magnificent sun as it comes up over the tops of the houses actually you know later on in the year it moves around a little bit but right now it's going to come up just behind these uh, this row of uh, rather beautiful houses oh uh, yeah here it comes Ooh, getting a bit blinded actually Don't stare too too directly into the sun what a day what a day, runes! It's lovely. 
And it's funny because the surface of the water, obviously it's just reflecting what's above it, but you know, I've got like a sort of a blue, and then there's a line of more like mauve or, or, or sort of purple. And then another sort of blue on the other side of it. And I cannot see Long Island at all. So, uh, you know, there's obviously a bit of mist on the water because it's, you know, wa water being cold and the air being getting warmer. That's, that's how you get fog, obviously. <clears throat> Sun's coming up. Oh, yeah. You can understand why, you know, in former times people would worship the sun. There was an interesting book being reviewed on NPR radio by this, well, he's a Japanese writer, but obviously, not obviously, but he was brought up in the UK, so he has a British accent. His dad was, um, you know, working in the UK when he was young, so he went to English schools. And so he sounds like a Brit, but uh, he's got a very Japanese-sounding name. <clears throat> and he's written this book. I wish I could remember. Oh, yeah, he's got like a surfboard, that guy. He's just picked it up and he's walking out of the water now. God, I'll tell you, that, that requires a medal. Um, and uh, it's one of these sort of futuristic books set not too far in the distant future when, um, you know, artificial intelligence has become more mainstream and um, children don't go to school anymore. They just learn it, you know, from computers. And, uh, and, and you, you can buy your child like a... a artificial intelligence friend who looks just like a human being but is in fact a robot has been programmed to be you know your child's friend <laughs> and uh, this friend um, they're battery up powered oh god the sun's coming up now this this is it I should be a druid really <laughs> you, you feel inspired I can't, I can't look at it because it's so bright but here it comes over the top of the houses, a golden ball of fire. Wow, I'm looking right at it now. I shouldn't I'd be blinded. <laughs> now I'm blinded. Um, yeah, so it's battery operated, this uh, robot friend. Um, and it's solar powered. So, you know, it being artificially intelligent, you know, it, it, it learns. And it believes that uh, the sun is God. Because all life comes from the sun. And so it, it kind of... Um, and its battery sort of degenerates over time and then, and then it slowly sort of dies out. You know, all, all of these you know, artificial friends. So, you know, it prays to the sun when it wants good things to happen. <laughs> And it prays that its battery is not going to run out. And there's a, there's obviously, there's a sort of a strong, you know, theme there around religion and and man, <laughs> and the allegory of, of, of the whole thing is, is pretty obvious. But uh, I thought interesting. Now I'm going to have to look up the name of that book now because there's no point telling you about this unless you sort of Google around and probably, you know, giving you enough to find it. 
I haven't read it myself, but I'm thinking it, oh, I will do. Yeah. Well, we better make progress. We're getting a bit delayed on the beach here. Um, yeah, our surfer friend has gone. He must live close by because, you know, once you get out of the water, you've got to get warm. <clears throat> what a flat and calm sea. So, yeah, back to the, uh, the weekend. Um, yeah, the, uh, the wine tasting was the, uh, you know, one, one predominant feature. The, the second predominant feature of the Saturday night was um, Harry. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, I'm so proud of him. I, I, I don't want to overdo it, but uh, he, he certainly does look twice the size he used to look in terms of muscle. Very big. And uh, so Phil was saying, God, Harry, what have you done? <laughs> yeah, I'd be working out. It's like, <laughs> no, no kidding. <laughs> yeah, he, he looked good. But he was also, his you know, mind is sharp. <clears throat> Lawrence was talking about Bitcoin. <laughs> and Harry, you know, you, you can't, he follows everything like that. You know, so you, you, you got to know your stuff. <laughs> You're talking to him. Lawrence will say, oh, but because amazing. You know, I, I, you know, it's going up and up in price. And Harry sort of takes a completely contra contradictory point of view and says, it's worthless. It's worthless, based on nothing. You know, it's going to crash. Everyone's going to lose their money. And Lawrence will say, no, it's not. No, it's not. It's going to be that they got into this. Oh, God, Harry. And he holds his own. You know, he's very, you know, got a strong opinion on things. Smiling and laughing and everything, but he was—he was giving Lawrence the completely opposite point of view. <laughs> I was impressed. I don't know enough about Bitcoin myself, although I do tend to think that it's a, all currencies, whether it's Bitcoin or paper money. You know, they're based on trust. That's really what it is, and it's. Uh, you know, we don't have the gold standard anymore. So, uh, it really is just trust. I, I, I promise to pay you, if, if required, the equivalent amount of what this piece of paper represents or what this Bitcoin represents. But the good thing about currencies are they're usually government-backed. Another school bus. Waiting for its cargo to get on board and the, oh no, children getting on board. These poor people driving these buses, there's no kids getting on them at all. So, yeah, whether it be Bitcoin or any cryptocurrency, <clears throat> or any currency, unless there's some supporting mechanism that uh, guarantees that, you know, your money will, can be redeemed at some point, you're taking a big risk. Now, I, I sound like a real conservative here, don't I? But anyway, that's why I haven't, that's not why I haven't bought Bitcoin. I haven't bought Bitcoin because I haven't got enough money. What are they now, $40,000 each or something? <clears throat> but the other reason is, I, 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 
you know, maybe it's because I'm not sophisticated enough, I just don't see it. But basically what Harry was saying, this way Rins. <laughs> Has she got any kids in that bus? Not one. She waited, as she has to do. There are certain points they have to stop and wait for kids to jump on board, but nobody did. Either their parents are not letting them go to the classroom, or they're old enough to drive themselves. Aha, our first hawk. Ah, yes. Big bird. Sitting in a high branch of a completely naked tree. He's watching the sun come up, I think. Maybe he's a druid hawk. Ah, he's taken off. He's taken off. He didn't like, didn't like us coming, Runes. Too far away. Uh, he's probably looking for his breakfast. Yeah, he's gone and landed in a tree much further away. I can still see him, but he's really out of out of reach. Uh, so he's walking up South Pine Creek. So besides the two school buses that we've seen, we've seen nothing else. No traffic. You know, there is much less commuting traffic. You know, despite the roar of the 95 that I referred to, you know, on the, on the sort of side roads, much less. <clears throat> I guess that's because people are, you know, working from home. They need to get in their cars. It's a good thing. Lots of discussion about uh, me retiring. <laughs> Actually, I had a sort of deeper discussion with Christina before Lawrence and Suzanne came over yesterday lunchtime. I had a deeper discussion with Christina about that. And uh, she, she, you know, she, she was pushing my buttons a bit, saying, are you really happy? I said, yeah, I think I am. I said, but are you really happy? You know, like driving the question hard. And then you, can't, you feel a little bit, well, am I happy? I better check. How, how can you check if you're really happy? If you feel happy, aren't you happy? Hello? Big noise. And uh, she said, I don't think you are. I, I can see, this is, this is the real you talking to me now, but I see you, uh, you know. Uh, oh, big woodpecker. Where is he? Wow, you hear that? Go on, do it again. No. Oh well. So they walk off, you'll start up. Yeah, so, you know, she's doing the old, are you really happy? Is this the right decision? I said, well, you know, she's talking about friends of ours who are looking at giant houses, you know, to, to, to maybe buy a third houses and all this sort of stuff. And I, and I said, I'm just not interested in that. I, I don't want to have to manage a, you know, a whole lot of homes and everything. I just want to live in a simple home. I want to get up in the morning, take my dog for a walk, you know, go for a bike ride or something, 
you know, read, stay fit and enjoy my life. And I didn't really enjoy managing material possessions that much. I, I, I find it simpler to, and, and easier to focus on, on the things that you enjoy. Not the things that you think other people might think that you enjoy, if that makes any sense. So yeah, we had this kind of fairly, fairly exhausting debate about, am I happy? And I kept saying, yeah, yeah, I'm happy. <laughs> and then, to try and change the subject a little bit, I started to say, you know, what, what is he to Hecuba, or Hecuba to him, that he weeps so? She said, what, what are you talking about? <laughs> you know, that's a line out of Hamlet. When Hamlet's watching the... Uh, the play and he's getting angry about the fact that this guy is displaying f false emotion because he's weeping at the plight of poor Hecuba, you know, Hecuba, the Queen of Troy and all that. <laughs> so, Christina starts to say to me, well, who the hell's Hecuba? I said, oh, no, Hecuba's a fictional you know, Greek mythology. What, is it a real person or not? <laughs> I said, well, no. Well, I mean, is it a historical fact or what? I said, no, it's Greek mythology. Well, are you talking about Shakespeare or Greek mythology? I said, well, both. <laughs> She's so black and white direct. <clears throat> so that, that, that derailed the conversation beautifully away from, you know, am I making the right decision and all that pretty sure I am making the right decision. And anyway, I said to her, don't ask me to make long-term you know, statements at the moment. We're in the middle of COVID. I don't know how I'm going to feel in a year's time. You know, we'll see. Right now, I don't have to uh, go hunting for a job. And uh, so I'm not going to. And I, I quoted the, uh, the, the, the situation of a sort of an acquaintance of mine who, um, <clears throat> he lost his job, well, I'm going back 10 years, he lost his job, and uh, he was in the same industry as me, and he began to call all his old acquaintances and work colleagues, there's another woodpecker, can you hear it? He might have just got a bit of that. There, hear it? Yeah, you must have heard that. Yeah, sounds like a... Pneumatic drill, doesn't it? Yeah, so, so this guy, once he lost his job, it, it became rather sad because he, you know, he'd do the rounds of calling everybody in his you know, contact list, asking for work, and uh, got to the point where, you know, and sometimes he'd show up at people's uh, places of work. And I, I remember one guy said, when he, when he heard that Howard was coming down the corridor, he hid underneath his desk. <laughs> Literally hid in the little well underneath his desk so that Howard wouldn't see him. And I don't want to become that guy because, you know, nobody has any work for me right now. I know that. First car. So all I would become is an embarrassment if I start begging for work. So wait until the market's recovered and there's more demand for people with my sorts of skills and then, then I'll let people know that I'm in the running for some work. 
if you know that feels necessary. So there you go. That, that's how humans justify anything they want. <laughs> they come up with a good argument, and I'm sure there's an equally good counter argument, which which of course is is exemplified by Lawrence, who's just got a job. So I think that's what's rocking Christine's boat a little bit at the moment. Lawrence has just got a job. We're both out of work. And he's just got this consulting gig, which is initially for four months, but likely to be for two years. And uh, you know, I never know with Lawrence, but it sounds like big money. And uh, But the point is, doesn't matter how big the money is, to live around here, it's going to swallow up most of the money that you earn. So are you putting money aside and buy? And are you going to sort of make yourself better off in the long term? Or are you just paying the bills to live here? And uh, I, I would have to earn significantly more than I'm likely to be offered at the moment anyway. So I, I don't need to, and uh, I can go and live in a place where the cost of living is a quarter of what it is here. No mortgage. So to me, it's a fairly natural and obvious choice. Had enough of that conversation now, Runes? He said, "You bet." <laughs> Wish you'd shut up. <laughs> okay, enough of that. So. You can tell by the background noise we're in Blackbird territory again. And, uh, oh gosh, it's so bright now. We're walking into the sun now because we're coming back on ourselves on the loop. 7.25, but get moving. Get hungry. We'll see Mum before she goes off. Yeah. There's a nice... Uh... Oh, God, no, it isn't. <laughs> I thought that there was a kind of like an icy crusting on the uh, football field here, but it's not. It's, it's not. It's a kind of like a tarpaulin they've put over the uh, field to protect it. <laughs> ah, but if I look to the right of the golf course, yes, there is a, like an icy crusting. It looks the same. It's funny. It looks like a sort of a lightish blue oh, so coating the green of the grass. Grass is beginning to get a little bit greener now. It's been brown for a while. Yeah, all the flags are up on the golf course. As I mentioned yesterday, I've sent my golf clubs over to Spain, so won't be playing. That looks nice. There's the old modem bird, as I call him. Hello. It's not a modem bird, it's a red-winged blackbird, but it sounds like a modem. Nobody has modems these days. Dial-up modems. Uh, that technology came and went pretty fast. Yeah, well, runes. I've dawdled a bit today, so uh, we should probably move into the closed section. What do you think? He says, uh, mind what you do. <laughs> okay, well, we'll do that.
Well, we're back on the uh, marsh trail again. Having had a, a nice fresh walk. <clears throat> it's uh, still very peaceful. Despite the background roar, but now the sun's fully up, casting a shadow. Ah, uh, yeah. Very nice. What I uh, did this weekend was I posted on Facebook a picture of the Rolls Royce and a picture of the boat. And I said um, something like, this month I've sold both my Rolls and my boat in preparation for our move to Europe. <clears throat> And that prompted an awful lot of response. It was great, actually. A lot of people. Very nice messages. A lot of people. Unexpected messages from people. You know, haven't really been in touch with for a while. Really touched by uh, our finance director that I used to work with, Matt Durs. He sent me, not on Facebook, but he sent me, he saw the, mess, the uh, post on Facebook. And he sent me a message privately which is really nice but yeah a lot of messages <clears throat> and it's interesting that when I say Europe you know a lot of people came to the conclusion that we must be going back to the UK so you know a lot of messages about oh looking forward to seeing you back in the UK <laughs> no we're not going to be in the UK no we're going to be in Spain nearer but not there Ah, and another dog walker. Two dogs on leashes. <laughs> Excuse me. Oh, Rooney, Rooney, Rooney. They're running up. Sorry. Rooney, come on. <laughs> He's very friendly, but... Come on, Roos. Sorry. I'll get him away. Come on, Roos. Come on. Come on. Rooney, this way. Come on. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> he didn't want anything to do with your runes. He has his two dogs on leashes. It's a shame, I think. When it's open like this, they can run around and play. But anyway, if you've got a problem dog, then you can't. Luckily, Rooney's not a problem dog. Yeah, and another message I got last night from a chap I used to work with, lovely guy called Malvin the Singh. We went on a business course together. <clears throat> oh God, back in probably 2008 or something. And, uh, you know, we haven't really seen each other since then, but through social media, you kind of stay loosely in touch. <clears throat> anyway, he saw the post and wrote me a note to say, you know, which part of the UK are you going to be living in? <laughs> it would be great to catch up. <laughs> wrote back and said, not, no, not the UK, actually. But uh, my daughter is at university in London, so we will be in London. Once the requirements to isolate, self-isolate have been dropped, then we'll let's catch up. I guess it's a bit like, you know, 
if you are if you are in a work situation and uh, <coughs> excuse me you got to your retirement day I guess work would have a kind of like a little ceremony for you and uh, you know people would give you cards with good wishes or something well maybe that's the modern day equivalent <laughs> something like that but it was good to hear from all these people now I think the, the, you know we're in the final stages of uh, really getting our stuff together so I've, I've spent you know, quite a few hours already in the basement boxing things up and identifying what's going to go where <clears throat> it's good and I'm really hoping that we get our permits authorised this week. And at the end of this week, guess what happens, Rooney? Your little Maya is going to be back next Saturday. How about that? Yeah. She's going to arrive at Newark Airport. Or is it JFK? Doesn't matter. We will go and pick her up. Not you, but me. Oh yeah, looking forward to seeing her. She's had a, a really good time. That's too good. But anyway, that's what it's all about. She's finally, you know, been enjoying the college experience that we wanted her to enjoy, rather than the remote working in your bedroom experience that, you know, too many kids have had to substitute. So that's good. In fact, so, so good, so much as she enjoyed it, but she's saying that she wants to go back earlier than uh, planned. <clears throat> not quite sure why. Not sure if there's any kind of uh, romantic interest involved here. She hasn't confided in me, but Christina's been a bit you know, mysterious about the whole thing, so I suspect, even if I don't know. Oh, dear. Lovely. Gosh, just remember on Saturday, if you listen to Saturdays, I saw a like a herd of deer in the uh, marsh. Well, there they are again. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven of them again. And maybe it's the, it will be the same seven. Starting the day off. They do well, don't they? They thrive in these areas, the deer. You know, I guess they don't have too many predators. And they're big enough to take care of themselves. And there's enough food. So yeah, Maisie's coming back. And uh, I said to her, well, you have to come back. She was actually saying, do I have to come back? <laughs> I said, yes, you do. Because we need to get you your um, residency permit for Spain, which is being processed by the uh, Spanish consulate in New York. So you've got to complete that process. <clears throat> which is really, you know, the, the, the main thing that we need to get for her is a health certificate from a, a doctor saying she's healthy and uh, a background check from the, uh, you know, state p police saying that she's got no criminal record. So once we've got that, she can go back. She's got to go into the consulate for a meeting too because they have to physically see her once. But I think we can get the fingerprints done and the forms sent off pretty much as soon as she arrives. And uh, then we'll organise for a 
meeting at the consulate where I, hopefully I'll see my buddy Inma, the Immaculada, who seems to be our, our friend in this. She works at the consulate and she's helping us get our visas approved. She said, I might just need to come here once. I, I have to physically see her one time. She doesn't need to, you know, come here more than that. She just comes in. Uh, you can pick her visa up afterwards if she needs to go back. But uh, I said, well, that's really great. <clears throat> so we'll see. And we'll find out how strong is her desire to get back to the UK. Because I've got a feeling she only wants to be here for like a week and then go straight back. Which tells me there must be more to this than meets the eye. It can't be just because I want to study. There's always going to be people involved, I say, in a sort of vague enough way. <laughs> We're no fools, are we, Rooney? We, you know, we, we suspect what we suspect. But that's okay. That's what being young is all about. For the sake, you got to. So, having had a very pleasant walk, I hope you've enjoyed it, I uh, want to thank you for coming on this walk with us, and uh, it's always great <clears throat> to know that, uh, that you're out there, and we'll, we'll talk again very soon, so thank you.